everybody. Uh, welcome to the second hour of Love Babs, Love Talk. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. So we've been playing a little bit of Michael Jackson music this morning because Michael Jackson would have been 65 yesterday, which is kind of freaky. Uh, so, so and I was, you know, so I've just been playing the music. So good morning, Rachel Fine. Good morning, Jennifer Newman. <laughs> How are you? Good morning. Sportsman Center. Good morning. So Rachel Fine is executive director and she's new. I met her last year when she came and she came like just at the at the heels of the pandemic and uh, coming from like San Francisco or somewhere. Right. San Francisco. Had and, 17 years in L.A. In L.A. And she was so, <laughs> so she had caught, caught the red eye, got here, was like, you know, getting herself situated. <laughs> and uh, and I already knew. um I mean, I've seen Jennifer uh, Harrison Newman around because um, uh, she's like at all the things. So, so they're here <laughs> this morning because, you know, they're running the Sportsman Center. And for those of you who don't know, we used to call the Sportsman Center just basic Woosley Hall. But they done put some money into it, tricked it out, made all this great performance space and have opened it up uh, to some programming. And I think this is probably the first real programming uh, Rachel, under your under your leadership, right? Because the pandemic kind of shut everything down. Yeah. So, although kudos to Jennifer and her team, the team that uh, preceded me, because they did an amazing first season, and I just yeah. got to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they pulled off a miracle with all the you know <laughs> post pandemic stuff, and still you know masking and all that other kind of stuff. So, <laughs> so y'all are so you got a new season, twenty twenty three season. Uh, 2023 24 season, and you got some heavy, heavy hitters. So, and yesterday, y'all had a, a big like uh reveal shindig, shindig, a shindig talking about, <laughs> well, this is what we're gonna be doing for the upcoming season. So, first of all, give me a little history of the Schwartzman Center so folks who don't know, because you know, we still say Woosley Hall where, where I'm from, but you know, we're we are learning the language. So, Schwartzman Center, tell me what the Schwartzman Center is all about. Well, my guess is that Jennifer and I have different answers because the Schwartzman Center is many different things. And I think as we get our legs, we're trying to figure out exactly what it's going to be in the long run. Um, but uh, I would refer to it largely as a commons. And, you know, a lot of people do know it as commons, but yes. it is now a commons in the true sense of the word. So commons used to be an undergraduate dining hall, freshman dining hall, um, but now they have truly excavated and then repurposed every single space in this building, not including Woolsey Hall. So Woolsey Hall is attached, but it's every other space in the 125,000 square feet. So we have the dome, the underground, we have hospitality, it's a student center, it's a wellness center, it's an arts and culture center. But more than that, I'll just say it's a center of connection and community and joy. Okay. Jennifer, do you wanna do you wanna add to that? I mean, I think you said it, you said it wonderfully. Um, yeah, I think this this idea that Woolsey is like this iconic space that is it still exists and it's there. And then this idea of Schwartz and Center reinvigorating, as Rachel said, what is a commons? And so <clears throat> bringing back the dining uh, commons is, is untouched in its beauty and grandeur, but we now have is a beautiful underground uh, space with a, a bar and a stage and coffee and sushi, like, and it's open to everyone every day. And that's what's kind of amazing about it is that at, the doors are um, now officially greenlit and folks can come in for lunch every day, Monday through Friday, 11 to 3, come down for coffee, come down for a pastry, come down for soup. So it is sort of this this living, breathing space that is infused with lots of different things, whether it be performance or whether it be dining. Oh, I love it. And I've been in the space, right? So I've been in the space. Oh, yeah. It's gorgeous. I like, think it's a, you it's, right at the bar. 
Yes, it's it's a gorgeous girl that you know. I, it is. I, I've yet to meet a bar I didn't like. Uh, <laughs> it is gorgeous space, and it, and in the underground, in the in the speakeasy part, well, the part that's like yeah. the bar, it feels very speakeasy, but a very glamorous speakeasy, I would say. Yeah, it's really beautiful. It's right underneath the rotunda. So it's in the round and serves beer and wine and cider. And I would just like to add, it is very reasonably priced. Um, so you can have a $5 glass of wine or you can have a very expensive, nice, you know, cutting edge glass of wine. Um, but it really is very accessible, very beautiful. Right now, I think it's open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, starting next week. Mm. Um, later hours, I think it's 5 to 11. Is that right, Jennifer? Yeah. yeah. And so, it, you know, it is a limited hour space. But again, if you're 21 and over, you, you are welcome to come Monday, Wednesday through Friday, 5 to 11. And um, it is a, it, it's, what's nice about it is that you've got the, the walls of the space that you really can see and feel. So you really understand the building that you're in. But then it's been upgraded into this contemporary, easy, like you said, kind of chic speakeasy. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. And so people can come and have lunch there, right? Like in the in the open space part. Yeah, in the underground, there is a cafe, which is now 8 to 8, Monday through Friday. Oh, I didn't know it was the 8, Elm. 8. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and in fact, uh, we've both been trying out all of the new menu options, and uh, <laughs> we now have avocado toast, which is phenomenal. Uh, there's a great chicken sandwich. I had a nichoise on flatbread. It's really, really good, but you can also do grab-and-go sushi, um, all sorts of things. We have a convenience store down there called the Bow Wow. Um, but yes, it is open eight to eight. And then we also have late night dining. I believe that's opening. Did that open already? Uh, I should know I, these things. Yeah, we should know these things. I actually don't know the schedule because we're just getting back to campus. And so the, the there, all the things are coming online in a sort of um, scheduled way. Uh, Commons just opened yesterday and it was packed. Packed. And again, yeah. So the, that's the lunch service with five different dining platforms, everything ranging from dumplings to roast chicken to... Uh, uh, basically a full plant-based menu and that's 11. that's what i was gonna say there's a whole yeah. vegan vibe to it it's too vegan, like you know a yeah. little yes which is oh I and a gluten-free really vibe like. don't forget the gluten-free vibe too gluten-free pasta yeah they've been a really conscientious about various you know allergens and just being really conscientious about the various dietary have um needs so yeah there's a wide variety of things on the upstairs uh, monday through friday 11 to 3 and then downstairs you have a whole nother menu and there's famous greek fries when the late night menu opens those are quite famous so come shut down and try the greek fries no and you can grab the greek fries over at the ivy and then bring them on into the well which is the bar so there's that flexibility too um the bar has late night bites uh but if you go over to the ivy you can have more of a meal so not just the greek fries but tacos salads uh sort of grilled food so very flexible moving in and out of the spaces um oh, I like it. too i just want to add if you are coming in and you're not a student there is a place where you come in you buy a meal ticket so you just use your credit card $15. It is very, I would say, abundant in its offerings. It's very like sizable portions. You will not leave hungry. Um, but there are at least two or three machines where anyone can come in, buy a ticket, and then have lunch in commons as well. Really? That's a nice touch. I did not know that. Yeah, you just have to know to bring a credit card because no cash is accepted anywhere in the building. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like it. And so, and then you have this other space. Because I saw um, Angelique Kijo, who was kind enough to sing happy birthday to me the last time I was in the building. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's a cool space, too. Tell me about that space. 
Yeah, the underground space is really at the same level of the platform as the cafe and the bar that we were talking about. And what's really wonderful about it is the underground, what we call the underground, it is a proscenium theater that seats. I mean, we last night with the we can you can have up to three hundred people in the entire space, but we can. Oh, also, really? Yeah. Wow. So it can, it really can hold quite a few. But then when we we drop a wall halfway down, um, through the bit in the room, and that creates this intimate sort of cabaret space, about a hundred seats in there, and that's um where we'll have most of the student facing programs like acapella groups, um, open mic nights, comedy nights. You know, though that's where we'll hold that. And every now and then we'll have an artist talk as well. Um, we did have host um Karen Chi, who is a comedian down there, and it was was fantastic for that. Uh we did have Angelique and her daughter having an artist talk down there as well. So it can be this really great place for intimate conversation and small cabaret style performances. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. So and you so you got all this great space. Uh I saw the uh I saw like a Broadway on his way to Broadway show up in the uh, yeah. At the very top, what do you call? What do you call the top? The rotunda? No, what do you the call dome. it? The dome. The dome. Yeah, I think you came to a workshop of what was called Shimmer yes. um, by the composer yes. Anthony Davis, and the dome is a really wonderful, flexible, intimate space. But that group actually had been in there for two weeks, working out the kinks uh, on a on a work that had actually been twenty years in the making. So that was the first public performance. Anthony Davis is an amazing composer, Pulitzer Prize winner. He actually has his debut at the Metropolitan Opera coming up this fall on November. Oh, that's 3rd. right. That's right. I yeah. had a lovely chat with him. He was he came on the show and he was talking about you know how he writes music and tweaks music and I mean you know he's do doing all the doing all that kind of stuff and the inspiration for that. And then he did mention um, that uh, he has a uh, his his debut coming at uh, at the. Uh, yeah, very, very exciting. So um, that's just one of many things we've done in the dome. Jennifer, why don't you talk about Bill and Fred? Because we just had a wonderful physical theater piece uh, that was super fun and engaging and whimsical. Yeah, so we we were lucky enough to be able to partner with um, friends up in Maine who had artists coming in from Ireland. So it was an opportunity for us to showcase these two physical theater performers. And by physical theater, I sort of mean they're, they're, they're merging dance, clown, circus, and storytelling and acting in their in their show. And it's two actors, I'm like going like this because they're both kind of short, two actors and they're physical performers and they have these huge, um, you know, these physio balls, bright blue and orange. And they told this really great story in sort of clown and theatrical way of this, you know, journey of trying to, you know, find your path. And it was our first real sort of physical theater clown um, performance that we've had a chance to do. And uh, it was in our dome room. We had 75 people, sold out seats. You know, everything is small audiences, which is really unique. It's a very intimate space. And uh, so, yeah, it was really fantastic. And it op really opened up our season um, to our public performances this year, just the other oh, night. Oh, good. So talk to me about the season. What what what, what What's up? And then how did you de decide on what to what to launch? How do you, How do you pick? What do you think about when you create a season? That well, is such a great question. Yeah. Jennifer, start start with September 9th because it's coming right up next week. Yeah, well, so the season um really I think that I'll I'll just say from a bigger pic from the biggest picture, the season is 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 in in a way working with artists that um are emblematic of uh collaboration of pushing boundaries you know really pushing the genre and the form and thinking outside of traditional ways of presentation 
And then I would say really thinking about our collaboration, our collaborative partners, both on campus and off of campus. So our, the first um, the first artist that we are uh, presenting this year, September 9th, and it is Corinne Bailey Ray. And Corinne Bailey Ray is a is a Grammy award winning vocalist, um, British based. Uh, she is coming to us really because she was inspired by a visual artist. She spent time with the Astro Gates' space in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And she was uh, very much inspired by all the archives and the historical um, artifacts in the space that he has collected over the years. And so being inspired by a visual artist is something we also like to showcase at the, at the, um, at the Schwarzman Center is that not every artist works in a silo. They're always sort of getting, you know, information and inspirations from other other fields, other ways, you know. So we were lucky enough to have the Center for British Art come to us and say, we've got this, I, this prospect, this possibility, would you like to collaborate? And so, you know, knowing Corinne's work, knowing Theaster's work, it just said, absolutely. If there was any space on campus that we could do this large enough, to really showcase Corinne's work, it would be in the comments. So we were really thrilled to be able to present that with partner in partnership with many different um, partners here on campus. Yeah, can oh, we see, you see it, Babs? I, I, yes, <laughs> I, I, think I, already, I think I already put in for uh, uh, me and a guest. I think okay, I excellent. We would love to have you there. Um, the one thing that I would add to what Jennifer's saying, just about choosing artistic collaborations and artists is that all of our spaces are multi-purpose spaces. Um, and that is not insignificant in making artistic decisions. So the dome, commons, even the underground, which has a wall that goes up and down, but we get to dictate how we want the theater set up. So, you know, every time we're in commons, we are building a new theater um, because otherwise it's a dining hall or it's just an empty event space. We get to determine the seating capacity. So if we wanna have 50 people in the audience, we can have 50. In commons, I think you can get way over, you know, 600, 700 seated. Um, so that to me is very exciting because I've always been attached to very traditional models and very traditional theaters where you always have to sell a thousand seats or you always have to sell 2,500 seats or you always have to sell 500. And in this case, we get to create those parameters. And I, I, I love that because I think you start with a certain success if you know what capacity is required or wanted for your performance. So that's part of the fun too, is, you know, when you saw the workshop of Anthony Davis, we had the dome set up in a very specific way to honor yeah. that type of art form. But with, you know, when Jennifer was talking about Bill, Bill and Fred, it was another, it was another uh, seating iteration. We did a student work, um, Every Brilliant Thing last year, and the student was in the center of the room and we had the seating around that student. So that's, that's another thing I would add is just that flexibility, which a lot of performing arts organizations don't have. Mm. And so, um, I mean, Yale has a lot of spaces for people to perform stuff. And you have the Yale School of Drama, you've got, you know, the cabaret, and God knows whatever else is going on. How how do y'all fit in 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 the overall scheme of all of that? That's a great question too, because I you know that the truth of the matter is so much great work that's being done at all times on this campus, and we in some ways you can never actually see everything. You never even know like what's going on and all these amazing. But you're tripping over like incredible things constantly. <laughs> um, but the fact of the matter is that you know everyone is doing exceptional things in a way that they it works either for their pedagogy or works for you know what their what their um, uh, expertise is. 
And so I think to some extent, one thing that I feel really strongly about what we can do here is bridge, build bridges between and help uplift work that's already being done. But also because it was, as Rachel was saying, the, the flexibility of our spaces, it actually allows us to work in ways that wouldn't be able to be, wouldn't be able to be presented anywhere else on campus. So to have an artist that really wants to build sculptures that and sound such as Ash Fuhrer, who's coming in late October, She's doing an installation in our dome room where her sound um, works that she's created, like built, they'll be in the room and audiences will be able to walk around and experience each of the stations, sort of like a hit workout. Um, she, you get to go to each station <laughs> and experience the sound that way. And so there'll be times when audiences will be able to walk through at their own pace. And there'll be times when Ash will actually be in the space with her collaborators performing. And so you'll be able to experience her at, you know, activating them. So that's unique. I don't know that there's any other space on campus that actually is built in that way to allow for that immersive experience. Mm. And so when you're building this, when you're building this, building this, this calendar of, of uh, artistic events, uh, do you put a call out to people or do you sort of get together and over lunch and say, you know what, I think we might want to have this, that, and the other thing. Um, I would say it's both um, very much both. So there might be, esteemed artists that we want to program and you really have to think about that many many months in advance so in january we're going to have the great singer renee fleming five-time grammy award-winning mm -hmm. opera singer she's coming to do a variety of things master classes a forum on health and wellness and then she'll be doing a recital as well but that's someone obviously who has booked many years in advance often and we feel so fortunate she's on our advisory board and she's going to be coming for the first time to do a variety of activities so that's that's we don't you know we go after her we recruit we advocate for having someone of her stature on campus um but then jennifer talk about sessions because sessions is really so much about uh first of all that intimacy and our dining and having meaningful conversations around food but it's a series that jennifer designed that um is more going out and asking people for their ideas mm. Yeah, and sessions, which is interesting, Rachel, this, the sessions were actually created during pandemic. So it was a way for us to create community and connection when we were all isolated at our, at our laptops, right? So this idea of bringing people together around food, but virtually was where it like originally started and we'll have 12 people on a screen and we <laughs> order food to be delivered to everybody. And, and we would just talk about a topic. Um, and then it sort of built when we were able to come back in person so it's in commons and they take place um, in a small intimate room in commons. And, and the idea is that 12 strangers are brought together to share food, but also to share a, a mutual interest. And that mutual interest is always sort of, it's um, proposals are, are brought in. We, we put out an RFP, you know, on our website, you'll see, you know, please send in your, your proposal. And the topics will come in and we meet with you know the proposers and sort of talk about their ideas and the idea is to say okay who else would you like to bring into this room and what is the topic and it could be disparities um you know in, um outcomes around health and the disparities of technology and how you know digital technology can make uh, disparities even greater sometimes with knowledge and data so that would you know that room had scientists data scientists it had public health people it had business people it had community you know folks coming in undergraduates graduates 
and talking around topics they were all they were all interested in, but coming from different perspectives. And you get to share a meal uh, in our space, and it could be around monuments. We've had a conversation around monuments, uh, and. And so it just the really wide varieties and um, it's really wonderful to have the room with all these different ideas and thoughts and brains in the room. Hmm. And I think the thing to really underscore too, I mean, Jennifer and her team do such a thoughtful job of curating who sits around the table. So there might be undergraduates, there might be graduates, but there's always members of the broader New Haven community. Um, and so we always have seats saved for New Haven community members to be a part of that conversation and to come in and have a meal with us. So undergraduates, graduates, faculty, staff, and community members. Um, and the one thing I would add about that, because I was a grad student here in the 90s and always felt really siloed and lonely, frankly, um, this is just the kind of thing, I think, that would have given me... Um, I don't know, just like sustenance that I needed during a really, really intense period and also the opportunity to meet people outside of my department. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I have, I don't want to take a seat away from anyone at these sessions, but if I could, I would be at every single one. I've, I've attended two and it's, it is so heartwarming and special to sit around the table and have this meal and engage in incredibly productive, thoughtful dialogue. Um, so anyway, I, I love it. And we really invite people from, from you know, all over campus and outside to join us around the table. I, I was gonna yeah, ask and you. And I'll just add. Yeah. So Beth, I'm just gonna add, in order to find out about sessions, it is, they're posted on our website and in our newsletter. So um, any, all anyone has to do is to sign up for the newsletter to know when those sessions are taking place. I love it. So tell me, I, I wanted to know, like um, when you pull together your calendar, who who is the audience, and do you do you think deliberately or intentionally about who would come to something? Like who who do you want to come to see things? Um, I'm Jennifer. Do you want to answer that first? But I just want to say before you answer is. We absolutely think about it. It is critical in our decision-making, the kind of community that we wanna build on campus in New Haven and also for the artist. So um, Jennifer, if you wanna answer it, you can, but yes, it is very much a part of our thinking and our planning. Absolutely. I mean, I think what's interesting is that when we're, I mean, I, you know, I think we're always thinking about our, our partners across um, New Haven and actually in the region sort of, you know, what, how do we uplift the work that everyone is doing and how do we, we collaborate? Um, and so I, I think often about, oh, this, you know, oh, this person is already coming through, let's just say, you know, the shoot, let's just say the Schubert. How do we uplift that work that somebody's doing or, you know, creative arts workshop or, you know, you, you, you any of our, our partners, arts and ideas, you name it. And we try to work together. And I think that it's really what we're doing is we're a part of the ecosystem, right? There's an existing ecosystem, we're a part of it. And um, I, I just believe in in being a part of, of uplifting what everyone's doing. And it's, we are, you know, we do work together and we make everybody's work better together. Mm. Yeah, and this Babs is why you see Jennifer at everything, everywhere, all <laughs> over the city. It's true, it's true. She gets herself to 
everything. And and I would just add to that, we're doing our first collaboration with Long Wharf Theater. And I Yay! think we both feel very strongly about uplifting the other arts and culture organizations right now. So we are going to be a part of the Joan Didion work that they're doing, the Year of Magical Thinking, and we're going to be one of the venues. And I hope we get, we know we're doing it once for sure. Uh, I hope we get to do it twice. Um, so we're starting small with them, but I hope that it grows and blossoms into a great and fulfilling collaboration for everyone. Shelly from Arts and Ideas was just here yesterday, not just for lunch, so we could start talking about, you know, what we could do together. Jennifer already had a wonderful relationship with Arts and Ideas, but certainly, you know, if we can be a partner in that and uplift them and they can uplift us, then great, more power to both of us. Uh, I'm, uh, just just for tra full transparency, I'm on the board of uh, Long Wharf Theater. Okay. And, and and I chair the Arts Council Board, Greater yes. Haven Arts Council Board. So, so this is new. I, I I love this kind of news because I think um, the time is now for arts to be. Uh, I believe arts have always been collaborative, but now it seems to be hyper collaborative um, because you know theaters are having a tough time and music venues are having a tough time, uh, and and the pandemic has really um, pushed people out of these spaces, and now they're just slowly starting to come back. Yeah, no, we love Jacob and we love the team over there. And we're already talking. I know your 60th anniversary is coming up. So there's some conversations around that. And I didn't realize Shelly told me that Arts and Ideas is coming up on a big anniversary the same year. So, you know, we, we, we all have to uplift each other and make New Haven, you know, an incredible center for arts and culture, which it's always been. But now post pandemic, you know, how do we rethink that? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now do you all have to raise money? Do you have to do you have to go into a fundraising mode? Do you have to like uh, empower? Do you have a board? Do you have to empower them? Like how, how does all this happen? Yes, it's a great question. So again, we're just beginning our second public season. Uh, we do have an advisory board. And, you know, as we get rolling, as we figure out exactly who we are, as we establish our distinctive voice, you know, we will be doing the same for our advisory board. But yes, we do have a board. Um, and yes, we are mandated to fundraise. We're getting our first director of development in January. We cannot wait. Um, but again, we're creating this program from scratch and there's no other entity on campus that looks quite like the Schwartzman Center. Um, so all of these things are in progress. Um, we're just starting to launch these initiatives, um, build the advisory board, and then also build our fundraising. Mm, mm. And 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 uh, uh, so you so you're in a search for a development per, uh, person. No, we to... we have her. She's oh, starting in January. Her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. It is very exciting. We are we are very excited. And uh, I think she's very excited. She actually is a New Haven native. Um, her name is Courtney Long. And mm -hmm. she uh, grew up here, very involved in arts and culture. She left. She went to Pittsburgh. She got a PhD, I believe, in art history. Um, and she's actually been working in fundraising at Yale, but she's moving to the Schwartzman Center as of January. And, and we cannot wait to welcome her because she seems to know uh, the terrain really well. She seems to have a great skill set. She loves arts and culture, which of course is key, uh, and the students and you know everything we're trying to do at the Schwartzman Center. So we're very excited to welcome her to the Schwartzman Center in January. Oh, I love it. All right. So so what do you imagine, Rachel and Jennifer, the future of the Schwarzman Center? Like, what do you what do you want to see? What is the dream for it? Like, if you could have anything that you want, what what would it what would it shape out to look like? 
Jennifer? <laughs> Big question. <laughs> Big question. That's a good enough question. So I, gosh, the dream. I mean, I, I, if I'm going to be honest, I sort of feel like, you know, if I answer it honestly, the dream is just, it is really to continue to build on what we're, we're, we're doing now. And it's just, it, it, that it gets um, stronger and, and, and bigger, right. And wider. And right now we're focusing on, on, you know, just building out and really understanding our building and really understanding how, how work works in it and building the things that make it as flexible as possible. And I think that's my biggest dream is that it's as flexible as possible that we have as much like flow going in and out of the building and with our partners across um, the city and the state that we're, we're working with artists that are local, we're working with artists that are international, we're working and it's, you know, from the big to the small, the intimate to the grand, that it's, you know, it's a living, thriving place. Um, and I would, I would add, and since Babs, you're so deeply dedicated to the arts, what I really want is when people leave here, whether they've had a dining experience, an arts and culture experience, I want them to feel transformed and elevated by that experience. And whether or not, you know, they are going to pursue the arts as passionately as you do or I do, or they're just stopping by. I I want arts and culture, the dining experience, the community experience to be a part of everyone's life and to make their life happier and better. Um, and I think Yale in general, you know, what I'm discovering after being here for about 10 months, um, so many students are involved in the arts here and it's not necessarily what they're gonna pursue as a career, but there are you know, student groups lurking around every single corner, people <laughs> making art. And I just love this idea that whether or not you're gonna be an artist or you're gonna pursue a career in the arts, uh, it's just a part of your daily life. And I, you know, if we had a world where everybody had that access, you know, every day, I just think we'd be a much happier, <laughs> a much happier world. So that's really what, what I want. And I, and when people leave the Schwarzman Center, I want them to say they love it. Hmm. And so, you know, uh, Rachel, I, I don't know any entity that has to juggle dining and, and, and performance space and artistic outreach to community. Like, I don't, I don't know any space like that. Um, that's because there's not one. That's what I mean. So, yeah. so when you said yes to this, did you know what you were saying yes to? <laughs> well, yes and no. I don't, I, I don't think, you know, even though they put me, you know, through about 50 interviews um, and that was, it was an extraordinary experience. And I think allowed me to learn as much as I possibly could during a search process. Um, you just, you never know when you take a job and I moved clear across the country, different community. Um, but my husband was also hired by Yale. So he's over in the architect school so we you know we 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 didn't have any reason to leave LA this was incredibly intriguing and a rare unprecedented opportunity for us so I did go into it knowing you know when you have all of these entities under one roof like how is that going to work and to me that's part of the attraction is being involved in a startup putting it on the map for the first time and figuring out how the good life center Yale Hospitality and the Schwartzman Center, how we're all going to work together harmoniously to leverage what we do collectively for, for, for greatness, for, you know, to improve people's lives. So yes and no, you just never know what's lurking below the surface when you take a job. <laughs> um, but Jennifer, so far, you, so good. I, I think so far, so good too. I mean, yeah. you've made some in, great deal of inroads. I mean, people know you, they know who you are. 
I, you know, um, not that, you know, you need to know everything, but my mom actually passed away during the first um, four months of being on the job. And so, and we just moved like permanently to New Haven uh, this June, which I'm really, really happy about. Um, so we have a permanent residence and we're, we're now, you know, officially citizens of New Haven. Um, but because of that disruption, I just, I was not able to really dig in in the way that I wanted to. And I, I wanted to be with her in California. So now for me, like we're here and, uh, and just really, really glad to be here. And I think finally, finally getting our bearings, um, having some continuity in our lives. So um, this is this second year I'm hoping will be stellar. Mm. Well, uh, we got about a, a few minutes. So I, I know that you're here in New Haven. Uh, Jennifer, I guess you probably were already here when they were like doing the work and creating the space. She was. And, you know, and you're like, okay, what are we doing now? Like, all right, I like it. Let's see what happens. So, um, uh, but you're still here. So that means you <laughs> like something Thank about Thank goodness. This. Thank goodness. Yes. So talk a little bit about being here under all the the renovation work and and the and the beginning of creating the space. Thanks for the question. Um, yeah, so I'm actually starting my fifth year, which is sort of mind boggling. Um, and I I first arrived because um, I was a grad student here as well. And when I came back to New Haven for the Schwarzman Center, the the idea of a of a space that was using arts and cultures to uh, an arts and culture to sort of uh, mitigate isolation and and to bring people together. I, I just couldn't say no to it. It was an opportunity that I just couldn't say no to. So coming back to New Haven, not as a student, but as a um, a resident has been really transformative for me um, because it's, it's a, it is a very different experience. Uh, I get, I definitely get out and about more often than I did as a student. I get out, you know, further um, than my three block radius as a grad student, way more often. Um, and, and that's been wonderful. And I have to say like, I have just been over and over and over again, just so it, not just impressed, but moved maybe by the the by the world that New Haven is. It, it, the the human beings that I've met are extraordinary, and the care that it's just it's an extraordinary community, and I'm really happy to be a part of it. And I know I'm still new to it in a way, you know, five years in, I still feel new. Um, and but I've just met such extraordinary human beings, and um, and I'm really happy to be a part of the community. Um, I think building the organization has been um, I, also just equally thrilling and so much to learn, so much to sort of, you know, yeah, everything is a has been learning. I mean, five years and it's all, it's still learning. We're still like, okay, you know, learn. it's just, that's what it is. And so I think that's why I'm still here. It's because there's still the potential. There's always potential and it's still exciting and um, yeah. Well, thank you. Well, I so appreciate you all coming on this morning to roll out your 2023-24 schedule. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to uh, what you do for this year and next year. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to show up and and I'm, I'm going to make sure I go and have dinner and lunch at the yeah, we, we, we will uh, always have a seat for you. So just let us know when you're coming. We will have a seat for you. I love it. I just like that. It's such a cool space. So, so thank you for your time. Thank and I you. know I'll see you uh, out here in these art streets and all the things. Uh, so, and welcome uh, Rachel to uh, New Haven. And thank you. you know, feel free to call upon me if you know 
if you want to hang out or do something. You too, Jennifer. I see you, Jennifer, though. So, you know, I definitely want to hang out. So, so I'm let's calling. hang out. <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much. And uh, I'm wishing and cheering for the 2023-24 season at the Schwartzman Center. And people can go to the website and get, get on for the, uh, for the uh, newsletter so they can stay in the loop. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Enjoy Thank the rest you so of the day. Much Enjoy this weekend. Of course. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, hey, Natalie, John. Thank you. Natalie said her and her family had dinner at the Elm this week, and it was uh, great and super reasonably priced yeah so uh, yes it is she said bill and fred were so much fun so thank you natalie <laughs> for for your comments i appreciate yeah, and it. sorry i just gotta mention one more thing Oops, sorry there's a gelato no, bar right. no, no, there's no, a gelato no. bar oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh now 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 people can't stay away so there yeah. you go all right <laughs> thank, thank you, you Rachel. thank you jennifer y'all enjoy your weekend thank you Bye. Have a great weekend, everyone. I will see you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Harry. I will be back tomorrow, Friday. So y'all stay tuned and uh, enjoy the day. It's beautiful outside. Get out there and do some stuff. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> fly, fly, fly.